Hello, everybody, and welcome to Water Wine Time with Megan. Love, life, and entertainment. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> okay, I'm, 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 I'm flowing with it. I'm flowing oh, with it. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, into the I'm like, wait a minute. I'm starting my podcast off, and I have Trey Haley that's shaking his head. I'm into wondering it. what's going on. Been, I think he's like feeling it. Yeah, I don't know if you got music going on. I'm feeling the vibes. I'm like, oh, he got music going on in his head. I don't hear. I don't know how I feel about that. You didn't bring the music. <laughs> But he's feeling it. He's feeling it. So that's good. I love it. I love it. So just a little intro so you guys know a little bit about him and what he's doing and his projects and all that jazz. I have Mr. Trey Haley, who is the president of Tridestine Studios, which is founded along with Indy Brown. He oversees the productions and events of the in-house production service division. He's also a director and is currently shooting his latest project, No More Mr. Nice Guy. So I had to squeeze in some time from you today. I'm like in the middle of production, got wardrobe, got stuff going on. You're busy, 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 but that's great. You have to be. Mm -hmm. So tell me about this project and all the stuff that you got going on. Yeah, so basically, uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. You're and, welcome. Uh, um, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, No More Mr. Nice Guy, that is a like a hitman film. And it's based on a guy who, just he's just getting out the military. He's one of the top snipers from the military. And he's just looking for a regular job and gets blackmailed into be working for a underground hitman organization that takes out the bad guys, the people that the government can't take out. Mm. Um, and so while he's working his way out of that he finds himself with another op a situation. How he was blackmailed was through a murder that they put on him. But the guy that got murdered, his brother is now after the, the person who murdered him as well. So while we're following him, trying to figure our lead character, trying to figure out his way out, he has no clue that there's somebody coming after him as well. So mm. it's a fun film. Um, you know, it's like a indie version of James Bourne. <clears throat> but, uh, <laughs> He's like, not putting it out there, but putting it out there. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, it's a cool cast. We have, you know, Christian is Christian Keys is playing the, the lead. And then we have Miguel Nunez um, in it. We have uh, Roger Guinevere Smith, Valerie Pettiford, Lamont Rucker. And we are lucky to have uh, Lisa Ray just joined the cast, as well as the super action hero Luke Goss, who y'all can see him. Many of people have seen him in a movie called Interview with a Hitman. Um, he really take the movie up to a whole nother level because he is a well-known action cat. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're really excited. Erica Hubbard's in it as well. So, you know, it's a good cast based out of New York, shooting it out of New York. And Carl Weber, the novelist, this is his first um, screenplay, uh, original screenplay. So... Yeah, and since you mentioned him, uh, one mm -hmm. of my questions, because I know you have people, you're going to allow people to submit their stories or their Absolutely. scripts to your company. What draws you into someone's script? Like, what mm -hmm. stands out well, there's for someone to submit their work to you? Absolutely. There's a couple of scenarios. So there's two ways. There's the general submission. Some people just have a story. So, you know, typically I say our company, as long as you have entertainment, education, and empowerment somehow within the storyline, we're open to hearing it. We don't do too much horror, but if it did, if it wasn't, if it was a horror film, which I would say the percentage is 1% that we would accept it, it would have to have such a hook in it that makes it like so unique and something that's like a, you would walk away from it with a, like I said, in a, in a message within the story. But normally we do like, you know, we do everything from romantic comedies to thrillers to, you know, even um, faith-based films. Just, you know, we're pretty open. And then obviously this is our first action film. So, um, 
but we're open. And then sometimes people bring us scenarios where they need, like we did a movie called Black Coffee. And Black Coffee was um, Mark Harris, we was the director on that, and we were the production entity to help mm. him produce that. And the distributor brought us on with Mark Harris to help him produce that for with him mm. um, while, so he could do his thing as a director. So certain things can come in with scenarios already ready to go. That was already kind of casted when we came in, and we can help people in that way. Um, or if you kind of start from the beginning phases where it's just literally all you have is a script, that usually is a little longer process, but, you know, if it's good and we're passionate about it, you never know what happens. That's true. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you said black coffee. Because mm-hmm. you know I have to talk about this. Okay. But I have a show and okay. that you're, you know, you're going to be mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is coming out tomorrow. So he's already seen it by the time mm-hmm. this podcast is out. Right, right. And we have one of the scripts called Black Coffee. Wow. Yeah. There you go. So you actually get to see this version of, <laughs> of black, black Coffee. Coffee. It's a 10-minute piece. Gotcha. And so everyone who's listening used to have one more weekend, Thursday through Sunday, Stella Adler <laughs> Theater, townstreetla.org. Plug, plug. Yes, plug. of course. Uh, yeah, so it's this weekend. Go to that website, check it out, buy tickets, and see Black Coffee and along with other 10 different plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for it's interesting. I like, you know that you bring in different scripts or different phases of the story. Because mm-hmm. some people say, hey, I need the final product. Right. And if it's not done, it's not done. Right, right, right. So what can I do with it? Right. Do you have a team or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So we do have a team. I mean, keep in mind, when you just have a script, you have to w- realize there's a whole process with that because mm-hmm. you, we have to find, you know, sometimes we'll, it's always good for us to know what's out there. And a lot of times we meet with different people and then once an investment situation comes in or a person who's wanting to put money into a film, they might not have a script, but they say, hey, I want to invest in a film. I'm looking for a comedy or a drama that has this these elements. Well, if I know your script, I can just reach out to you. I'll say, well, hey, you know, we know I think we have the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. So um, that's usually the scenario when it comes to a script that doesn't have any elements in it. If there's attachments to it, like actors and stuff, the more you can do to bring in the script, and I would just say that in general, elements to it, attachments or fun funding or whatever the better it is in an empowerment position for you as a writer anyway mm-hmm. you know because otherwise you just have to really understand the business side of it is the script is one phase but the money and the talent and the production company you're joining with and all that they have to go and take your project and make it happen you know what i'm saying so you want to have a producer mindset a little bit as a writer it's always a great way to help make your thing move faster mm-hmm. yeah and I love your motto that you guys have. It's destined to change the perception of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's beautiful. Mm. You know? Um, and I was like, man, it, the motto just fits with the mm-hmm. company, too. Yeah, How did you, you know, come about? Welcome. Yeah. Well, you know what? Indy and I were sitting down, and we were thinking about the company Tridestin Destin. And Tridestin is like the Father, the Son, Holy Ghost, like the Tri, the, you know, we wanted to have a spiritual backbone to what we, you know, what we do. But we also wanted to do things like Indy's very much into female empowerment, making sure mm. that a representation, a full representation of women are on screen. Um, and then for me, I just noticed that, <clears throat> you know, like for instance, there's a concept of a movie that's considered, you know, I always make this kind of statement. They say it's uh, mainstream. Mm-hmm. Well, what is mainstream? Like who's who's identifying what mainstream is? Because is it mainstream because it's, if it's all one color and it's non-black, 
is it mainstream? Because oh. there's some movies that fail, but they call it mainstream because it's non-black. But when it's a black movie or a Latin movie or an Asian movie, they identify it and put it in a box. But those movies can make just as much money as a quote-unquote mainstream film, and they still put it in a box. Like, mm -hmm. well, that's still an African-American film, or this is a urban film. If the movie does the same numbers and, it's, and it, it crossovers with a story like The Best Man, that's a mainstream storyline. Mm -hmm. But they didn't call it a mainstream film. They still call it an African-American film. But if you put white people in it, cast it, they would say it was a mainstream movie, it was hit, it was a box office success or whatever. So the destined to change the perception of the world goes to that concept. Changing how people see stories and looking at this world in a perspective that's broad. That it's not based on color, it's not based on anything, but if the story everybody has the right to, you know, we should be open to showing everybody's story and being open to sharing everything. This movie here, No More Mr. Nice Guy, is very much broad. It's broad with all different looks in it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do make a film that's a little bit more culturally specific, like Black Coffee was. But when, it, when we just really want to make sure that the full perspective of America in the world, you know, is represented among and, and beyond. Mm -hmm. So we've done movies with Asian and black. We've done movies with, I mean, we've, we've mixed it all up. And we just want to make sure when you look at our movies, you say, wow, that's just a different take mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, because no more Mr. Nice Guy, when you're telling me the concept and what it's about, right. it's not, if you didn't mention any races, I'm not saying, oh, that's a black film. Right. Or that's very Asian. Right. It's real. Right. It's just a story that can involve anybody. Right. You know, you could have purple people, right. you know, and it's you. It's relatable. You understand it. Absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of what people need to know is that just because of our color of our skin does not mean that I can only do Absolutely. black, you know, certain things. Because I have right. emotions and feelings <laughs> and situations. Like, I didn't grow up in the hood. I, so I, neither did I. I can't relate to hood films. I'm right. not like, oh, I remember my mama was like that. My mama right. was on crack mm -hmm. and slanging drugs and my dad was in and out of jail. That wasn't my situation. Right, right, right. So that to me isn't relatable. Right. But you know what's funny? There are films that are non-black that have crack. They got all these people on mm -hmm. it and they still call it mainstream. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? So there's something to me, there's a disconnect in... Not that it's racist, but that it's just a disconnect of if, hey, it's okay to tell the stories that you want to tell, but to, to, to separate it into places where now, oh, it's mainstream, but now it's not internationally sellable. Well, maybe it's because you put it in a box mm -hmm. and you don't have the, you're not open to expressing that this is broad, mm -hmm. you know, that it's a mainstream sale. You know what I mean? So it's an interesting, those are just, that, that was just like one moment of expressing destiny change perception of the world. I mean, like. We just have to see things a little bit more open. We have to, I think we can't put, because nobody says, hey, you know, people ask you, do you only make black films? But don't, does, who goes to like Steven Soddenberg or somebody and say, do you make white films? Like, yeah. who's doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you don't go ask those questions. You just, oh, you, 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 it, it, it's not even a question. You see what I'm saying? It's true. Because <laughs> like, I was like, wait, that's I, I want to ask somebody that question. Now like, that you said it, but why I want to go up to someone and say. <laughs> or do you make Asian films only? Do you, you, do you only, only make like. Um, do you only make like Latin films, like, or you know, who's asking those questions to, quote unquote, someone who makes films that majority of the cast is white? You yeah, know like no, you don't white, ask how, that. You know, it's like no, I make stories, I make right. films about right. people in situations. Right. So it, 
that that always is just an interesting thing because I like all kinds of films. I yeah. mean, all I have, you know, Brian De Palma is one of my favorite directors. So I'm not specific to anything, but I do notice that there's a lack of stories, and then the opportunities that come to you, you you just work with them from what you come, you know. But I plan on making more broad stories, broader and broader. But what but you see a full palette of America in the world, you know, in it, you know, so. That's distant change perception of the world. Yeah. You said, and that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you think things have changed since you've started your company? Because your yeah. company's been on, yeah. you know, you've seen so many different changes yeah. of the business. How do you think now um, we're being, you know, affected in this business as opposed to when you started? Do you think it's gotten better, gotten worse, or is it like about the same? I feel like it's like eye, doc- eye doctor test. Is uh, it better in your left eye, the yeah. right eye? Uh, you know what? I just feel like... I feel like, you know what, I think it's somewhat better. I mean, I think it just keeps progressing in a, its own world. It's just morphing. I don't know how it's morphing. It is changing, mm-hmm. but it, it it's, um, I think television is where I see the biggest change. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see a lot more diverse shows and, I mean, for, you know, like Netflix now and just the world of the internet, and I think this is where the change is, and I feel like, Probably in the next five, six years, you're going to see feature films totally just being released online. Mm. Because people are so now used to seeing stuff online, like they're willing to watch, sit at home and watch it. And the technology is so advanced on the computers and through your your uh, cable channels and stuff like that. Like cable, your cable network is connected to your internet now. Mm-hmm. So the speed is, I mean, you can watch the internet on your screen, on TV, and at, at HD on HD. Oh yeah, because so, I have Apple TV. Right. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so yeah. I feel that, and I feel like the Netflix element has changed it, and it made people realize, okay, if they're watching TV like this now, when they'll watch a show all day long. Go, you know, people are watch like go watch a whole season all day. That's me. I do that. I binge watch. I'm guilty. I binge watch. And when it's done, I'm like, what's next? Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a moment where it's going to come out on a theater. And then like a week or so later, it's going to be out available on Netflix or somewhere else online. I think even studios are going to be like, hey, you will go on Sony.com or Tridestin.com. And you can watch the film right there. Pay. You can pay $3.99, $5.99 online right now at your house. And you can watch it right now. Only mm-hmm. for an exclusive amount of time. I mean, I think that's the way of the world. I think it's where it's going. And theaters are going to be more big. It's going to be like, I think somebody made a comment about it. It'll be more like going to Broadway. Mm. When you go, you'll see big event films like the Supermans or certain things where it's just like, I'm going to pay to go to the theater to see an experience, like a big, a major 3D experience mm. or something that only you would want to feel in a theater. Yeah. Unless you have those 3D glasses. Unless you have those 3D glasses. I have those 3D glasses actually at my house, but I've used them once or mm-hmm. twice. But that's true. Yeah, but I feel like it's changed, and I feel like there are changes. I feel like people are more... I think people are catching on that the world is changing, you know, that people are more diverse. The youth are more open, you know, and you got to get to the youth because they're going to be the people who are going to make the changes if... In, mm-hmm. in, in, when, as people keep weeding out and paint passing away, it's these young kids that you got to tap into and in, in, in the internet, this Instagrams and all. I mean, now they're making trailers just for Instagram now. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's really moving, you know? So that's true. Yeah. And it's funny. Speaking of kids, how was comedy kids? Comedy kids. Well, you know what? That was a film that we did. I mean, a project we did a mm-hmm. couple of years back. It was pretty interesting. It was fun. It's a lot of kids that were on there that are like 
really doing well now. But mm-hmm. um, that was a passion project that uh, we teamed up with with another individual who uh, she um, Tiffany Rose. She Tiffany came had that idea and. It was fun. It was fun. Just about some kids doing stand-up mm-hmm. comedy, just like you would do, like, the Laugh Factory, but with kids. Yeah. And it was fun. You know, it's, it was a thing that you could buy on DVD, and people could, you know, kids could watch. Just I thought for, that was cute. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Look at these little kids doing stand-up. <laughs> right, right. That's, I couldn't imagine. I don't even know the age range, but, you know, yeah, no, eight it, years it, old doing stand-up. What, what do you really, got? What do you know? <laughs> hey, these kids, I mean, these, there's some kids that really, just like acting classes, there are kids going to comedy classes, stand-up mm. comedy classes. and it's So when you see these kids on Nickelodeon and Disney and stuff, like, they're trained for this stuff. They're, they're trained I, guess, I think this. that's so LA. <laughs> it's so LA. Yeah. Like, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I know my parents, when I was eight, said, okay, Megan. This is it. You want to go to do stand-up? I'm going to teach you this. It's an industry thing. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. kudos to them. You yeah. have those resources, and if yeah. you're in that environment, mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. you and, know, if they have a passion what? for it. And I think some of these kids, like, you could tell they have a lot of energy. Oh. And they have, like, they're naturally funny, and, and their timing is incredible. Like, some of those kids, man, they would come up with a storyline. You know, think about kids' imagination when they tell you a story. Oh, they're sitting man. there all already naturally telling stories to their friends, making up stuff, playing with dolls and G.I. Joes or whatever the heck they play. They're playing video games now. The imagination is really high. Mm-hmm. So those who can speak, the communication is strong. They have, like, it's just a natural instinct for them. It's like gymnasts, kids who are who have... Oh, they've been training for... Training for yeah. to be, it's They're already ready. So it's just parents who have found that thing in them and, and it's pushed them and guided them in a good direction probably. So... That's true. I think that's that's the biggest thing. As long as you see what your kids want to yeah. do, and yeah. then I'll tell you this: all those it. kids were passionate. It was no one crying on that stage, like not one. They all they were to like, be there. "Yo, comedy kids, y'all, I'm about to do my thing. I'm telling, come on, man, let me do it." No, it was like, <laughs> like, "Wait a minute, are you grown? <laughs> right. Are you about to do your set at yeah. the comedy club? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> How old are you? Are you eight? <laughs> How old? Are, wait, am I talking to a grown man here? Right. Mm-hmm. But that's good because I I feel like with any parent, you have to know when dealing with children. Like, mm-hmm. hey, is this what you want to do? Right, right, right. You do? Okay, cool. Let's keep mm-hmm. doing it. If you don't, let's go. Right, right, right. But that's with, you know, in the business or whatever, their football, cheerleading, piano. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think any parent should force feed. Yeah, no, I thought that, that was like, once again, that was a really one, wonderful project. Tiffany Rose, who's, you know, really cool person. She had came up with that idea, and we were just like, she's like, comedy kids, kids doing stand-up. It just fit our brand. It fit what she was wanting to do, and we just teamed up together and made it happen. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Now, I know previously to having your own company, you worked with Morgan Freeman and Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino's company. Yeah. Well, actually, what's funny is, as we were building my company, Tridestin with Indy, and we were just building Tridestin just small, day by day, step mm-hmm. by step. In between all of that, I did an internship. I was just doing different things just to connect mm-hmm. and meet people and find my way throughout the industry. You know, um, first I started on music videos with Tarantino has a company that, you know, they were producing a lot of music videos mm-hmm. and stuff, commercials. And then a, it's called A Band Apart, which is the name of his movie yeah. company. And then I was also doing uh, an internship in Morgan Freeman's company where I learned coverage. They had a great program to show you how, like, the in between doing all the stuff we did for them occasionally, like once or twice a month, the producers at his company would sit down and give us these little, like, 40-minute powwows on putting together projects, how you package things, and just for the internship. So it was great learning experience. I mean, to be in in an office environment, to see, I mean, like, they're a small niche one, but they make big movies, but they were, you know, there's very intimate company, you know, and to see the inner workings of that and how that works, that was 
I mean, you couldn't pay. You could. Uh, there's it's no. Invaluable. There's no film school that will teach, teach you anything that I promise you that was in that room. <laughs> yeah, I don't but care. But that's what... how a lot of stuff I think in this business, <laughs> mm-hmm. the way that you learn. You know, granted, I. You know, we both have degrees. We've right. gone to college. We've had you know mm-hmm. hands-on education. But at the end of the day, being actually there right. and doing the work Man. is something that you cannot learn anywhere like in any yeah. education and don't get this don't take my words and say people that. like you well, know you don't know go what? to school but you've got to do both i will say this you have to find what works for you mm-hmm. because i actually left college to be honest with you mm-hmm. my and uh, but my, you went yeah but i went but my dad he's an attorney and my mother both both of them have degrees mm-hmm. my dad was like you're doing what what's going on now you know i mean like he was like okay so what's the plan what's the you know like how are you doing this and i was my junior year in college but what i learned in this cable station i worked at this cable station what i learned there was far exceeding the pace of what i was learning in school mm-hmm. and i'm that guy that's a very visual person i like to i have to be involved i have to be in it you know book studying and all that kind of stuff just never really worked for me you know like i mean that's like great i like psychology i'll learn it sociology like i'm learning stuff like that but filmmaking i mean i want hands-on experience and i was getting it so fast to the point i like learn editing at all that stuff was just being fed to me and i was staying up till four o'clock at this cable station working over there and i was like going to class like uh, what am I doing? What here? am I going? Yeah. And so, not to say the school I was going to didn't have all the elements to give you what you needed, but for like I said, for me, that's what pushed me to come out here. And then when I came out here, once again, I needed to get on the sets, be work, you know, and work within environments that I could learn the process and be and see it actually materializing, all of it putting together. So, being around directors, watching producers, watching. I mean, whether I was a PA when I first started off, it was just a PA, you know, mm-hmm. and you just work your way up and you just, and then at the same time, like I said, Indy and I started a company, Tridestin, and we just bought a camera. I knew editing. We bought some equipment. We had a little, uh, we had a, a say, um, silent investor who gave us some money to help us put all this stuff together. And we took our friends and we just started making things happen. Because we had that idea, we're not going to sit around and wait. There might be opportunities that will come, but we can't sit around and wait for those opportunities. We have to make them for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of how it worked out. Now, when did you were working at the station while you were in school? Yes. And then you started to realize, okay, I'm yeah. learning. So then you took over and you started doing that. When did you say, I've got to move to L.A.? Yeah. Uh, I remember, I think it was like the end of, it was like the middle of my junior year. I can tell and, by the somewhere, story. Somewhere, somewhere to cut in, you off, but yeah. I think like your parents probably said, oh, Lord, no. Well, you know, my mother. Tried. <laughs> yeah, my mom was always very much like, just fly, go find what it is your passion is and go with it. You know, I think she was very much, and my dad isn't against it, but I think mm-hmm. he's more structured. I mean, I got to, mm-hmm. you understand this is a man who went to law school, was his an attorney. But yet at the same time, he was a big motivational factor for me because he came from a, a family of six, seven children and they lived in a two bedroom in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They really didn't have a lot. And his parents could not put him through school. So he just had a vision. And he went after it, and I kind of told him, I said, well, Dad, you know, I learned this from you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, was, mm-hmm. you had a goal, and you, you, no matter what it was, you just did it, you know? Now, you had to go through a certain path to get to where you have to go. That's you have true to go for through, that field. Right, but no matter what, you stuck to that vision, and now I'm your son, I'm your seed, right? So now you, you planted that in me. You don't know that. Me watching you achieve your dream and your goal, seeing what you were passionate about, that's in me. And what I found is 
in this business, there is no one way to make it. Mm-mm. But what well, the way you will make it is through your passion, your belief in yourself. And I know that I feel really good about meeting people. I'm a pretty much like a people person. I have no problem, you know, I'm not shy with dealing with people. So I just know I knew, but I and I knew what I had the abilities to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I just need to showcase myself somehow. And so I got to get out there. And that's kind of, but I just needed to move. And I feel like I'm a big person on not wasting time, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, in my mind, I was like looking at what was left at school versus what I already knew. And I was like, I've, I've already learned the stuff that they're about to teach. Mm. So the degree for me really wasn't the, like the piece that I needed. It was more the experience, you know? So, but I would tell someone like, I, I'm, in my mind, I would love to, create a film school that I know would be highly effective to kids. Immediately when they get there, they start shooting and going. Like, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a certain process that I feel like you need to know. And there's some, you know, as I came out here to L.A., it's funny, when I got out here, I went to L.A. City College and okay. took some classes. I did three short films <laughs> at this junior college here, I just because I was just wondering, I was, how do I get in a mix of stuff? Well, let me find out, I found out about the school called L.A. City College. So I did. I was like, I did three short films in one semester. I had done a and that wasn't probably a part of your curriculum. No, I mean they it was didn't just, say, "Oh, dude, this is your project." Yeah, they were just like, "Well, there was these different things you had to do." But I was like, "Wow, I did three short films in one semester. This is incredible!" Like, so there are school programs out here that you have to do. You just really have to do your research and find out what it is that you're wanting to learn. What is the experience that you need? I mean, I think education gives you a form of uh, uh, going to college gives you structure in life mm-hmm. and it helps you to know how to socialize with people and have an order and doing certain things like that. Um, and I think a lot of people do need that coming out of depend- depending on the experiences that they've had in life coming in high school and things like that. And sometimes just to get away and learn how to be on your own and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? That's a really good foundation. And then obviously there are certain schools, things you have to do if you plan on doing certain careers, you're going to know you have to go to college to get these things. But I'm telling you in the film business, you really have to find within yourself what it is that you're looking for. Because if it's a great film school or acting school and you know that that degree was going to, by the time you finish, you're going to be complete in your uh, development for yourself and confident, that's because that's what it's giving you, the confidence. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you doing all these projects, you know, mm-hmm. you did those three for the semester, do mm-hmm. all this stuff. When did you say, okay, I want to have my own outside of just doing, doing films and here yeah. and then pitching to studios and getting it picked up? Because yeah. even when I read, when I'm looking up stuff, you're not only, you know, directing and having this company, but it's a little bit different because you're having minorities or making sure the people that aren't getting chances mm-hmm. by these studios because mm-hmm. and I know this as an actor sometimes they're like you need more credits right or you need this and I'm or you, I'm like well hey but my talent right 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 when is someone going to see that but you're like okay even though you don't have you know the studio backing your credits as a writer mm-hmm. or as a producer you know this that and whatever when did you say I want to do something different and more than being just a director right well, what I realized is, even as a director, there's still a level of creativity that you're you're only you're you're only involved with the process in a very limited way. Mm-hmm. So, even as a you know, most people think the director has full say of everything on the set, they don't. It's you got producers, you have mm-hmm. investors, you got a lot of people who have a lot of say so in this. And I feel like the best directors, as I've learned, it's funny. 
know how to collaborate the best with everybody and respect everybody on the team's position and what they bring as far as even creative creatively as well. So a producer might say, well, these people need to be in the film. Or the investor says, I want to do this movie and these four or three people have to be in this in this film. You have to know how to work within that and see, I always make a comment and read as this comes from Les Brown. He says, see the um, opportunity and not the obligation, right? Yeah. See it as an opportunity, another chance to hone in on your skills, another chance to um, work, work, you know, work your magic, your show, showcase mm -hmm. what you're doing. So, um, but as a producer and owner of your own company, now you're put positioning yourself to be in an empowering position to make a difference behind the scenes as well. You know, um, we've had interns who have become producers on our projects. You know, mm -hmm. we've had interns who started off one way and now they're like first ADs or doing other things. You know, like so when we say we empower, we really do, and we see we've had people who've done who've done graphics with us. Because of those graphics as an intern with us, they were able to work on Transformers and like on the the, the starting line of working on Transformers because they wow. showed their graphics, what they did with us. So we, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there, but you have to give people, you have to know it when you see it and, um, and you know, I guess find ways to incorporate people so it's a win-win, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, um, but that's kind of like what we've been doing. And as you also see... We also have a division called VIP, and we really want to structure our company like a movie studio. So you see, the vision is to be our own studio, physically too, like buildings and all that here in Hollywood. But we build. So even on the post side, like we work with different people. We work with Burger King. We work with um, Young Money. We've worked with uh, NFL players on their events and stuff like that because they want to shoot it. And we tell them, listen. Why go to MTV, BET, or whoever, which we've worked with them all before, but mm -hmm. to shoot it yourself, get somebody who knows how to shoot this stuff on the same level, put it together, and go license it to them. Mm. See, that's a whole different game than giving it to them. Then they have all the control, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the way it's put out is on them. It's not you because they put their money in it. When you put your money into it, you can control the images. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're about is controlling images, making sure that the vision that people want they can get it, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and making other people feel empowered and not controlled by a system, mm -hmm. you know. So that's kind of like why that's kind of where we ultimately when we realized we could do that and we had the capabilities of doing that in all the people that were around us, because everything you need is available to you. You just have to be open to seeing it. You know, everything right, right now, like you, everything you need in your life right now is is available to you. Mm -hmm. You just have to reach out and go. I mean, like, we all have major visions. But to get to that next step, everything we need to get to that next step is right here. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a reach away. It's a phone call away. It's a thought away. You know, but it's right there um, to get to that next step. And so... Uh, I was going to say, I love that. I just felt motivated. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm inspired right now. I, right. I mean, sometimes, I do, yeah. sometimes we, we doubt our... I mean, we don't realize how powerful we really are in this moment we feel sometimes like we're weak but we're strong because every step like there's nobody who got anywhere without another step you know and they just were able to see the step most of the time we're seeing so far in advance and we're like oh we want to get there like you that's, oh how do you it's like climbing a mountain i mean it's the best analogy you well somebody may can pick you up from a helicopter that would be great that often doesn't happen, though. You know, yeah. when you see mountain climbers, you don't often see people at a mountain and a helicopter comes down and takes them to the top. Exactly. And typically, if that happens, by the time you get up there and they drop you off, 
the air is so thin, you might die. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You can't handle the pressure. That's what they say. When people get there really fast, you can't mm-hmm. handle the pressure. Mm-hmm. And then you think about it, it's so true in life, even on a natural level. Like, the higher the, the, the mountaintop, the thinner the air. So you have to understand how the pressure of the how to handle that pressure and breathe and know how to handle the atmosphere. But when you step by step climb, your body naturally adjusts to the altitude, right? I like that analogy. Right? There you go. Look I'm at that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> so Ooh, I'm each, stealing. <laughs> so we want to just jump to the top, but you really want to step by step, and your muscles are built. You're prepared. Mm. By the time you're up there, you're physically, mentally, and spiritually awake, and you appreciate the process. You don't when things are given to you, you don't. Like, be like, well, I mean, hey, you know, helicopter brought me up here, so, you know, I'm good. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But whereas the other people are like, and then after a while, you're like, weak, because that happened to you. And then you're like, how do the other people sustaining? Mm-hmm. Because they were prepared. They, took, those they steps. took the steps to get there, and they appreciated each step. And they could see, you know, you know, you see a mountain climber when they're gra- grabbing, they're stuck, but they keep feeling it until they grab that next grip, mm-hmm. and then they can move. You know what I'm saying? They make sure everything is right. Because it's all available to them. It's just they got to find it. Mm-hmm. And that's life. That's to me, that's life. I'm going to say, well, y'all, just so y'all know, this is Sunday. <laughs> I just heard a sermon. So y'all listening today, if you want a sermon, listen. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, preach. <laughs> but that goes to anything in life. I that's, mean, that's anything, it. though. It's so true. You know, it rains It's like, anything. you know, you may have the talent, the gifts. You got the voice. You have the acting skills. You have the chops. You have the whole package right mm-hmm. here. You know what I'm saying? Everything about you is there. But really what it's going to take is mindset. It's mm-hmm. about how you think along the process. Because either you're going to win, you have a winning mindset, or you're going to lose. And any day we can go back and forth with that. We're on the wavering thing. You know what I'm saying? One day it's like, oh, and then this, this, this. But you just have to know that as long as I know I'm moving forward, something is happening. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You just got to keep doing Keep doing, making opportunities, doing like what you're doing with the opportunities that you're creating for yourself. Keep it going because you never know. Sometimes some some things that you would never expect is going to be the thing that's going to take you there. You're thinking so it's going to go just like this. Oh, you know what? What's going to happen is I'm going to go out to L.A. This is going to happen. I'm going to audition. I'm going to get my agent, blah, blah, blah. The uh, pilot season is going to happen. Boom, boom, boom. You know, you have this whole clear thing. Idea you think, yeah. But you know what? That's good to have those goals. Mm-hmm. But within it, be open to what could happen. Along the way, because as you're moving, opportunities are going to start knocking because momentum creates momentum. So one thing is happening and it just boom, somebody else is seeing you do something that you have no clue. And they're about to say, oh, you know what? Would you be interested in doing this? And you be like, no, I don't do that. Well, see, be, be open. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't close yourself off too much. I mean, as long as it's not hurting your spirit and making exactly. you feel like something your morals more or your standards. Values. If it's not doing that, be open. Don't tell somebody what you're doing because you you're, you may be limiting yourself to a major opportunity to get somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of people. You hear a lot of people's stories, and it's it's not the thing that they thought was going to get them, them to the top. It was something else. Something else that, that led it was them just there. Like so strange. They were like, "What the? How? Did, oh, and then what? And now you look up and you're like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Everybody's asking me to do it, and it wasn't even any way like you thought it was, but it was in your steps along the way, your goals and your aspirations and your dreams and walking into it with faith that things started to happen so mm-hmm. yeah well let's just go d- yes. delve into a little bit of uh, your personal life here uh-oh. Uh-oh. i said uh-oh we ain't getting to that second but, part you know, the we'll third come, part yet we'll come to that but, yeah. but also real quick before we go in that just make sure you guys also check out the man in 3b that's a thriller coming out october 1st in theaters 
it's being like 20 cities i believe limited release but it's going to be the man in 3b it's a thriller written by based on a novel by carl weber a new yes. york times bestseller so that's the next film coming out as well as the preacher's son and the choir director oh you already went to i always have a child at the end but go. yeah we're gonna get this out that's okay. one thing i always do i make sure we gotcha. set, you know put out all the things you got all coming right. up uh, so we're going to rehash that okay, too at the we'll very come end. Back then. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm trying to run her show right now. I know. So. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, who? Wait a minute. We interviewing me? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so before you were, you knew what you were doing, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, mm-hmm. what did you want to be when you grow up? When you, what did you say? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I can tell it's a funny story. Honestly, I thought I was going to be in the music business. So okay. I thought I was going to be, like, I used to tell people, probably in high school, anybody that went to high school with me, they thought I was probably going to be in the music business. They, mm-hmm. That was my thing. I played the trombone, the viola, and I can play the keyboards by ear. So that was my thing, you know, music. Um, and then, uh, so I thought I was going to be like Babyface meets Quincy Jones. You know, okay. those are like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm not a singer guy, but I like wanted to be the guy to find music, the new hot artist produce music put collaborations together and Mm -hmm. that was my thought in um, high school and then Mm -hmm. start to transition some of my friends were good friend of mine he was an actor in high school and I used to read his scenes with him and he was a big Spike Lee fan and we would read like I started seeing these books that had they were scripts like the scripts from Spike Lee's book movies and stuff Mm -hmm. and then he would be he would go through his scenes he was like Trey read this with me and I used to be like well Actually, da, 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 you know, hey, maybe you should say it this way. And he's like, "How do you know that?" My, that's my teacher was telling me, and I was like, and then I started being more and more aware of the power of an image with music. Then you start seeing movies like Boomerang, and you start seeing movies, certain movies. I was like, "Wow!" And then I go back to some of my favorite films. Funny enough, a lot of Eddie Murphy films were some of my favorite films, like even Harlem Nights, Coming to America, mm-hmm. classics. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, that that was like one of my classic favorites, and so. I would watch how people responded to that stuff and then how the music and the scoring and it was like wow and the visual aids like just watching that on screen I was always like how do they make this stuff like mm-hmm. I want to know how they make that and I want to I like how they move the audience like you can the power of an image and how it can change so that's kind of the transformation of when it went from music to me getting into the movie industry okay, but I always so, thought it was gonna be the music business so entertainment you've always, always known yeah, something, cool. entertainment. something entertainment it yeah. wasn't from being oh I want to be Sonic the Hedgehog oh no no or I want to be a fireman no, like no. oh no you had it kind of mapped out a new yeah. entertainment since the eighth grade seventh grade Somewhere around there, I started music, and I was heavily into music. So mm-hmm. That's actually yeah. for me, too. I want to mm-hmm. say it was 7th or 8th grade. Mm-hmm. I knew acting. That was mm-hmm. my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be a lawyer when I was in 5th grade. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, they told me to write a book or something that was mm-hmm. really, really thick. And I said, mm, no, I'm good on that. Right, but 7th right. or 8th grade, that's the same. I said, all right, this right. is it. Right, right. I feel this is my love, my mm-hmm. passion. Mm-hmm. This is what I feel. I have to do it. Right, right. That was interesting. Um... Oh, where's my, I lost my space. Oh, uh, oh, what is some, like a fun fact about you? Something that people don't know. Like maybe you have a, a hobby. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't, hobby. Well, not a hobby, but like an interesting thing that people wouldn't know. Uh, I like to play tennis. Um, I got a, okay, I got a fun fact. So my real name's not Trey. <gasps> oh, shit. What? <laughs> <No>. Exclusive. <laughs> what? It's not? No. Actually, I have a nephew named Trey. So what is it? You want to tell us? Uh-huh. So my name is Leon Haley the Third, and so hmm. 
that's the you know most people most a lot of people don't know my name it's not most people think my name is trey haley like that's just mm-hmm. but if you know my family you would know it's leon haley the third so that's where trey comes from the third are you the third i'm the third you're the third i'm the third leon. That's where okay trey. that's the same thing well my nephew's actually the third boy mm, but so he's not him. right but he's not the a third. third yeah yeah no my sister just fought for three boys for the name mm-hmm. she didn't want to do it yeah yeah no so that's a fun fact another fact is i like to collect rocks you collect rocks? From all around the country. Oh. So any of my friends that go out of the country, you know, if I go out of the country, I'll go find a rock. If I'm in, hey, last year we went to, it was in, what, Turks and Caicos, and I swam to the bottom of that water, to that ground, and I was finding me some neat rocks. Shut ground. up, really? Because you know what? And then you bring them, you have them in front of you, and it's like you have the rocks from all around the world, right? And if you have the world sitting right there with you. So I'm kind of a naturey guy I like that. I like that stuff. So and you yeah. can see that and you feel like one rock will look huge, but it feels light as a paper. It's like crazy. So I don't know. That's a strange fact. No, but I like that. <laughs> I like that one. I mean, I like both. Because no, I mean, a lot actually, of people don't really know, right. you know the name thing, but, too. But rocks. Yeah. yeah. Something about having nature. Just a rock from Germany, Singapore, wherever. Just all of that stuff sitting mm. right in front of you. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, because some people do shot glasses and oh, some people yeah. do spoons, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, but the rocks, I like that because it's different. Yeah, yeah. Most people, not, at first when you said rocks, I was like, oh, that's strange. Right. But then I was like, oh, so you mean like you go to Venice and yeah. or outside on Hollywood Boulevard and pick yeah. up a rock and no, polish no, no, them? No, 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 no. I was like, that's weird. But then you said around, you know, yeah, when right. you're traveling. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. So what do you do in your spare time? I know you like to travel. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy traveling. I don't travel as much as I want, but I do travel. I'm going to... Um, but I like traveling. I'm a, okay. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an active person. I like moving and going, you know. Mm-hmm. I like sitting around too much. So like internationally traveling? Well, I need to travel internationally way more than I, I would like to. Singapore is where I would like to go next as far mm-hmm. as a major spot. Have you been to Asia traveling? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. putting down your mm-hmm. the list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Singapore, check. But um, on my spare time, I like to, uh, you know what? I just... <laughs> It's whatever kind of just comes to me, you know. I'm not, I'm like I said, it's pretty spontaneous when it comes to that. So mm-hmm. it's always open to just whether it's going to the beach, wherever we go. You know what I'm saying? It's just, down just, for it's just pretty whatever. much whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> what about your favorite reality show? Do you watch reality? Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I'm not big fan of the. I mean, I'm not against it. You know, people. Everybody has the right. Everyone to make has their things. Yeah, right, but it's right. like a guilty pleasure. Like I love yeah. Housewives of Atlanta. I don't yeah. watch all the time, but I like more competition reality shows. Mm. So, I guess which one I would like if it's a competition reality show and I like traveling. The oh, what's it? The Amazing Race one. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> it's funny you said that because I had a friend of mine and we mm. said, oh, we should do it. Mm-hmm. We should I, go because I love traveling too. Oh, I would do Amazing Race all day. But the only reason why I can't do it or mm-hmm. why I wouldn't be able to do it, you'd be a good swimmer. Oh yeah, you can't and swim. I yeah I can doggy paddle a little bit. Yeah yeah, you can't be on my team. Yeah I wouldn't. Yeah I can't even be on the show because I can't swim. I mean I can do a little bit. Right right right. <laughs> you said you can't be on my team. No. Dang. No no, I'll be like. <clears throat> I'm like Trey, come on, come on. You like come on, like save you in the water. Right? I'm like save me, get the raft. You can't pull me on the boat. Something. It's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, and I found out quickly. You know, we mm-hmm. were actually gonna fill out. I was mm-hmm. actually. Found the application, mm-hmm. and then she said that part came up, and I said, "Well, can't do it. Right, right, right. Won't do it." Yeah. All right, another random one. These are just random questions yeah, I just ahead. thought about yesterday. What's your favorite carnival food? Oh, churros. 
Churros? I love churros. You don't like the deep fried stuff? Or I mean, like the... churros are fried, man. You don't like the Oreos, deep fried oh. or Twinkies? No, no, no. I like but churros that. are classic. Um, churros, uh, turkey legs. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like leg. that. My mom makes turkey legs. Yeah, I mean, come on, we t- Texas boy here. So, oh, so yeah. you know, big Texas, they have all kind of those, those huge turkey oh, legs, like Flintstone yes. style turkey legs. Ooh, yes. Dang, those are good. They like, I think with turkey legs, they're so tender too. Yeah. It just like falls off oh, the yeah. bone. Yeah. Dang. But churros, I would say, if I go to Disneyland, if I go anywhere, I just walk mm-hmm. in here. No joke. Just show you. I'll show you how much. I like churros. Oh gosh, you're like if you saw churros and you had a churro and didn't bring one, no, but we're gonna have some issues. But I'm gonna show you this in a minute. But um, uh-huh. the uh, I, I love churros. Churros are a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a picture of a churro truck outside. <laughs> you took a picture of just a churro yeah. truck. Didn't buy yeah, a churro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy one when coming when I leave. Oh, okay, I you gonna bring me a churro? I may. Okay, yeah. You bring me I a churro. I didn't know if you like a churro. I mean, I like, like a churro. Okay. You know, I bring some water. You know, we're gonna have water and churros. churros. Okay. You know, <laughs> if we had churros, I wouldn't be able to talk right now. So I'd be like, yeah. you'd be hearing me smacking. I'd just be smacking. <laughs> it's like, well, what's going on? What are they doing? I don't mm-hmm. understand. Just the smacking. Yeah. So now we're gonna get to the good, good stuff. Uh-oh. Ah, this is the uh oh part that came in <laughs> earlier. So, uh, Leon, Leon. Trey. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we, we moved on from that tray. Right, right, right. right. Um, who are we dating? Are we dating anyone? Are we single or multiple um, dates? Multiple dates, funny. Um, you know what? When I say I'm dating, I'm, I would say, you know what? I'm I'm open to meeting mm-hmm. people right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I like to get to know people mm-hmm. really well. Like, to, you know, you can't meet someone in a, in a week or two and get to know, you know, and be like, oh. I met the love of my life, really, unless you have a really, I mean, that's a, that's a rarity. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you have to spend a lot of time with someone over a course of two weeks, a month, to really get to know someone, because it takes time for you to see all the layers of a person peel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and how a person gets when they get upset, that's big, you know what I'm saying, how a person gets, what makes a person happy, what makes a person sad. You know, you want to know all the layers to people so you'll know what you're dealing with and if it's uh, compatible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Some people can snap off and, man, you know, and you'd be like, oh, this is a whole nother person right here. And how often? You know, if there's a person typically a happy person often or not, you know, are they more of a, you know, I mean, it just depends, you know. Um, does that temperament work for you? Um, people sometimes tell you stuff about them and they just tell you it just because they want to tell you, but that's not really who they are, you know. Mm-hmm. They like they'll say yeah oh yeah I'm totally down for that blah 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 and then you realize they're not they just told you that because it sounded it sounded good but mm-hmm. that that's not them you know so I like to get to know a person how they think spiritually mentally you know mm-hmm. how they you know long term thinking I ever people goals and dreams can always adjust but you know um, you know how people see things but so I don't really try to do that what do you see yourself in 10, 15 years you know like that's a tough one because someone could. You may not even know what happens in five years from now, and it can change your whole life, you know, and you, you get a whole new experience of or a revelation of something that you love to do and you didn't even realize it, you know. So it's more so your outlook on life, though, that's really crucial for me. And is it, is it consistent with how you act, mm, based on, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's for me. So in saying that, as I'm, I'm, I'm open to meeting, I'm meeting people, you know, I'll go out and stuff like that, so, but it's it's nothing... 
yet serious with anybody. Yeah. yeah. So do you believe that with your profession or in this entertainment mm-hmm. field that you can have a, a relationship, a serious mm-hmm. relationship? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's stable and healthy? You, mm-hmm. I mean, you think that's possible? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say that um, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I always make this comment, and this goes for men or women. You know, and, and, and from me speaking as a man, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. So women sometimes say, I want a man who's doing something, right? But when he's doing something, he ain't always available because he's doing stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But then when he's doing stuff, they'd be like, he is always busy. <laughs> and then you're like, well, you said you wanted somebody you doing do something. something. <laughs> They're doing something. Guys not sitting around at the house watching TV every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's just not me, you know? So I realized that the challenge for, I have is to plan. You really have to schedule stuff. And, and you know, they say you make time for what you want to do. You know, you make time for things that are important and you do. But you have to schedule it. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a tough statement because it's very general at the same time. But, I mean, the best way I would look at it is people, when, if you're a professional athlete, right, there's girls who dating or have, are married to a, a basketball player, you understand what his career is, right? Mm-hmm. And he cannot make time throughout his shooting, basket playing his game every day to be with you. Mm-hmm. But you're okay with that. And then there's going to be a moment he's going to be off. And he's going to be full, totally available. And it's going to be day by day. Every day you're going to see him. You know, because he's, he's available. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, tr- training comes back in again and he's back on the game. So you have to understand what it is and be open to the person's lifestyle and what they do. Mm-hmm. Same for guys. You know, if you know your, your woman is an actress, then you got to be okay with certain things. You got to understand that as an actress, just because she's kissing on this guy doesn't necessarily mean... She's in love with him. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, it, but you have to be open to understanding that that's what the career is. Just like if you're with an attorney or a doctor who's on call every day. You know, you may be with her, she's here, and then she gets on call. You're at dinner, and it's a perfect night, and everything's going great, and then the call comes, and... Oh, she's a surgeon and she has to go. You can't be like, yo, we plan out this date, baby. Yeah. You need to not go to work right now. It's like, yeah, that, that person does not need open heart surgery. I know they are dying. Like, but we, 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 plan have this, we plan this date tonight and I'm just not understanding that right now. Like, okay, that's not compatible. Yeah. You know what what's like, so we're not going to work. <laughs> right. This person's dying, but right. over here, we get to watch right. Transformers 6. Right. So, <laughs> like, so those are elements that uh, I find. When it comes to this entertainment business, and it's totally tough, I'm around a, a lot of attractive women. Mm-hmm. And so you got to have a very confident woman who's confident in herself. And, you know, I do my best to make sure that she's feeling good as well. But I'm, I'm not the one that's going to have to babysit that either. Though. No. Like, I'm not going to be like, look, you know, you look, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not trying. I want you yeah. just to already have it. Yeah, like, like maybe you look good I need you to be me. like, look, I'm not even with you if you're not even doing it like that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be bad. I'm talking about who you are as a person walking in the door that confidence that inner beauty feeling that on yourself and knowing that you'll hey you know what either you trust me or you don't you know and if i if i've given you something to make you feel that way that's one thing but if it's just like a blatant inner confidence issue or like oh i'm sure why would he want to be with me instead of that or this or this you know if I'm with, if I wanted to be with her, I mean, I would guess I would attempt to be with her, but you know, I can't. I'm if like, I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm right, right. So, those are little small things that are really big to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that I notice really soon, mm-hmm. and I don't believe in wasting people's time. So after a while, if if I feel like we're talking and we're in a serious situation, like boyfriend girlfriend, or you know, 
I don't want to waste anybody's time, so I'd rather just end it. And maybe you can find someone else that would work for it you. It works for you, and vice versa. And then I got a friend, you know, but I don't want to waste your time. You know, a lot of times guys will hold on to something and waste their time with a woman, and she'd be mad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it that's another way around too. Yeah. Anybody, you know. Well, yeah, same thing, women yeah. too. But you know, you just got to let people know, and it might hurt for a second because they may be in it, but it's better for long term. Because mm-hmm. I rather get it re- done. It's just cut it off now. We can be friends. We can be cool. Versus later on, you already knowing it's probably not going to work. But you took her through that. Exactly. Yeah. Have you? What was your worst date ever? Ooh, I don't know if I had a really bad date, to be honest with you. I can't remember. Maybe she's quirky or something. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I can't remember a bad Were date. Were you the worst date? Did you do Hilarious. something? Hilarious. <laughs> no, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm pretty chill on a date. I'm, I'm not a high-maintenance guy or mm-hmm. anything on dates and stuff yeah. where, you know, you got this... I'm not the I'm not the diva. More than mm-hmm. likely, she's gonna be the diva if anything. But I don't I don't care a girl for high maintenance with the like a lot of requests and things like that. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. But as long as it's like, a t- it's it's not like diva. It's like she's not humble. You know. Yeah. It wasn't all about her. Right. All but, the time, like oh hello, right. we on a date. It's two right. people here. Right. Right. But uh, I don't remember. I don't recall any bad dates. To be honest with you, I can't recall offhand. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm like that sounds. I, 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 I'm pretty before we go. Before I get on the date moment, I'm already talking to you and kind of getting to know okay. a person before I go on that date because I, I don't want to waste my time with anybody either. Have <laughs> so, you had someone on the phone say something or like? I've had people say some really stuff on dramatic. the phone. I've heard people say stuff on crazy stuff on the phone, like say stuff like, "Yeah, because I'm gonna beat that motherfucker's ass." I'll be like, "Whoa, hold on, hold on. Okay, what what, what are we doing here? Like, we grown folks right here. Why are you? You know, like people snapping off and mm. stuff. You know." And you'd be like, okay, so this person got a temper issue, you know. So that saved you from the bad date, right? See, I mean, because if you wanted the date with her, right, and then it would have been like homeboy would have showed up or right. some girl would have showed up, and now you're seeing a street fight that's on World Star, right? And so for me, this is what I'm like: I like a girl who we can go to the hood, we can go to the White House too. You got mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But just because you're in the hood, don't mean you got to go there either. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like, when you're in the White House. Don't bring that hood to the it, White House. Right. You're just versatile. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, I mean, sometimes you do want to feel like you want to maybe beat somebody's ass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you ain't. You do. But you got to know how to control yourself. Like but yeah. you got to know how to control yourself is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. You got to. There's mm-hmm. one thing when you just make randomly saying it and it's just part of your nature. You know, it's just like. Exactly. You know, so to each its own. There's a guy that's going to love that. You know what I'm saying? They like that. I'm not, you know, that's that's just not me. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that seemed like it, right. like you nipped them in the bud. So right. I just feel like, you know, in the conversation, because you talk to people. I know mm-hmm. I've talked to people, you know, right. guys on the phone. I'm like, all right, don't need to hang out with you. Right, right, This right. doesn't need to go any further. Right, right. So, and that yeah. probably comes from the background of my dad being a, my dad's a criminal defense attorney. Mm. So I've seen a lot of crazy stories, you know, from him, heard a lot of craziness mm-hmm. that you be aware of. It just, it makes your antenna up on certain things. It's just like, oh, let me be aware of that, because that's, that's the kind of stuff right there. You'll end up just rolling up on something one day because the phone call happened and you'd be up in the middle of some mess for nothing. Yeah. And your name will be, and you'll be all up in it. And you're like, I need my freedom. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I need my freedom and I need my life. Right. So I don't need to be behind bars and I don't need to be in a coffin until exactly. it's that time to have that happen totally. naturally. <laughs> right, right, right. So whatever I can alleviate before then, I'm going to do that. Right, so right, right. whatever, ghetto, whatever chick or crazy, whoever, mm-hmm. stay there and do you. Find your dude and right, do your right, thing. right. right. 
And now there's some cool, there's some chicks like that, man. I can, I can, I can cast them in a movie though, because they can really bring the. Fun. Hello. Yeah. It's like, but I'm gonna remember you. Yeah, and I'm gonna remember you for a movie <laughs> Casting, though. but for my personal right, life, right. it's a whole new thing. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll just go ahead and wrap this up. But I want to mm. go ahead and bring up that film that's coming out in mm. October. Yes. October, yeah. And any other projects so people can find you, see what's mm -hmm. going on with you, all that jazz. Yes. And then your social media stuff so they can stay up to date, website, mm -hmm. whole nine yards. So uh, The Man in 3B, that's a thriller coming out October 1st. Great cast, a whodunit. I promise nobody will figure it out. This is one of those movies everybody's going to think they know the ending and how it's going to go. And you may figure it out, maybe you don't, but I doubt you will. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that, and then we have the Preacher Son and Choir Director, which is a the Choir Director is a sequel to the Preacher Son. We shot them at the same time, and uh, the, all these are those three books are those three are from novels based on Carl Weber, and we teamed up with him and um, brought some of his projects to life. So those are movies that will be coming out this year. All that stuff will be out this year. Preacher Son, Choir Director, soon to be, we'll be making announcements soon on that one where that will be shown as well. Um, and then we have, um, obviously, like she said, No More Mr. Nice Guy, which we are shooting now. So those are the main ones right now that we have. Um, to find out more about what we're doing, tridestin.com, T-R-I-D-E-S-T-I-N-E-D.com. Um, actually, our website needs to be updated. We need to be updating some of the, we act, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you can go to, Obviously on Facebook, Facebook we have it's Tridestin for the company. My name is Trey Haley on Facebook, and on Instagram it's Trey Haley TDS, which is Tridestin Studio. So Trey mm -hmm. Haley TDS in, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Got it. Yeah. All right. So just throw mine out there so you guys can find me on Instagram, Megan A Weaver on Twitter, Bacon. Eaten Megan, no G. Uh -huh. Bacon, Eaten Megan. And then on Facebook, I have a fan page. I realize a lot of people are going to my other page, but I want to go towards my fan page. And it's mm -hmm. I am Megan Weaver. And Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? That's it. Those Said are the show ones. earlier. All right. Well, that's wrapping it up. Thank you so much, Trey, for joining me today. And thank you guys for listening on Water Wine Time. Megan Weaver, love, life, and entertainment. Until next time. Bye.